Yeah. All right, Mike, welcome back to another one. Rory here again. Yeah. Nice to see you here. I know, <laughs> as always. Um, Obviously, I think this week in the sort of educational one we're going to talk about a bit is your correlations within FX. You know, a lot of newbie traders may not know what we mean. A few sort of seasonal guys might know what we mean. Um, But obviously, you know, there's a huge correlation in FX markets or between at least one of the FX person and the sort of underlying commodity. You know, you might yeah. hear people saying that um, a currency is pegged or it's commodity pegged, you know, or it's a commodity floating or, you know, things like that. When you hear these terminologies, people may not really be aware of what they mean. So I think some of the ones we're going to focus on today are kind of, you know, we'll focus on cable and euro and show how they're like sort of floating pairs going over sort of, you know, how macro factors really affect them. Maybe looking at USD CAD, USD Norwegian Krone, how they're affected by oil. And then maybe looking at other commodity pairs like Aussie dollar, how they're affected, you know, by the metals market and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. And it's sad. Uh... This is kind of a great topic to kind of explore why it's so important when you are trading, when you are investing, to have a broad scope of markets. It's never enough to have your foot in the FX world and that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, you need to understand that behind every economy is trade, whether it's services or goods. And if it's goods, well, you know, exporting oil, exporting wheat, whatever sort of mineral or metal it is, is going to have an impact yeah. on that currency pair. So, yeah, I think it's a great topic. I feel as though it's one that people need to understand better. Yeah. I think the first one we'll cover, you know, we'll keep it very brief because I feel like we talk about it all the time and people get the gist, but sort of talking about cable, euro, USD, you know, these three sort of currencies, what really drives them, you know, the main sort of driving factors there they're not really commodity driven. I mean, seeing the price of oil go up or down and seeing wheat come up and down, metals go up and down, isn't really going to drive euro USD and cable, you know, which is pound sterling, you know, which is pound dollar. What is really going to drive them is what Mike is is, is interest rates, unemployment, absolutely economic growth, you know, prosperity in different in, in the respective countries. Uh, it could even be political changes in terms of political parties, things like that. That's what really, you know, drives the growth there. And I think if you want to understand more about you know where your where this currency is going to move and and the projected outcomes. I mean, on the last podcast we done, um, which was the market podcast for last week, we talked about cable how it's going to move higher if we see a higher inflation number coming out because that means we see a higher interest rate coming from the Bank of England and things like that. You know, and that's really what we mean by that. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at those economies as well, bar the US, US not so much, but definitely um, the UK is that, you know, we're an economy in which, you know, we're not a goods driven economy. Our main exports are services. Yeah, it's 80% so or something of, like that, isn't it? Yeah. So understanding, you know, uh, just how, you know, what influences, you know, currency pair fluctuations with regards to, you know, say cable, for example, it's purely macro. Yeah. It's, you know, it's political, it's macro, it's data driven. Um, and again, you know, very topical in today's climate, it is rate driven. Yeah. So unlike other currency pairs out in the world, you know, if you understand or have half the concept of what outlet uh, by, you know, the BOE or the ECB or the Fed looks like amongst those big three currencies, well, then you could do pretty well in terms of understanding, yeah. you know, which currency out of those is going to, you know, gain in strength against um, each other. So, yeah, I, I think you're, you know, bang on the money there, as always, Rory. It's very much uh, macro and 
by your turbo. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, moving over the pond, looking at sort of the Canadian dollar, US dollar, USD CAD, I should say, and also looking at USD Norwegian Kron. I mean, you know, Norway's biggest export, obviously, they sit in a huge, you know, oil reserve for the size of the country. They do sit in a very large oil reserve. Canada is also the same, a very large exporter of oil. You know, that's both of those respective countries, their main exports oil. And you can always see that in the chart. Whenever oil goes up, Canadian dollar and Norwegian krona always moves up. Uh, yep. or I should say the power moves down. And whenever oil prices fall, we always see the power move higher or, you know, the the, the uh, respective currency always weakens. I mean, that's... Yeah, and it's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant way to understand, you know, how, just how important oil is to those two economies that you said, both Canada uh, and uh, Norway. It's one of those where it's, if you were to, if you if you if you have a trade view, whatever, and you put the charts on top of one another, you know you you can see the symmetry and the mirror images kind of just flow in tandem with one another, and it's so nice when you're able to draw those on a chart and see right as you said, oils up, well Canadian dollar is going to gain in strength against you know yeah. the US dollar kind of thing, and it's just understanding that. Well, it's just like well, it's another perspective to understand and ultimately help influence your decision moving forward with regards to what you're expecting in that said currency pair. Yeah. You know, it's the underlying, uh, you know, export, you know, sort of driven economies that benefit from having that insight into the commodity world and understanding that world, which can ultimately then help to your FX trading. So, you know, great pair to sort of have a look at. And another one that I was looking at last summer was, um, uh, Euro Noki. Yeah. Um I, I basically went um short Euro Noki. Okay. Um my whole thing was this again, this was more in relation to uh, Russia, Ukraine last year. Yeah. Um oil reserves were looking a bit dire, and that was the whole sort of pandemonium of last year on the run up to winter was uh, uh how is Europe gonna fare with regards to all, all, all the stuff going on with regards to uh, you know the pipelines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I said look uh, short euro Noki. Noki's going to gain against the euro. Strong oil reserves. Um, I feel as though if anyone's going to benefit from this, it's going to be the Noki. And you may even see some exporting of uh, Norwegian oil to Europe. Um, and again, that would just play straight into that trade. Yeah. But unfortunately, you got wiped out literally two, three days <laughs> after I, I, I made that announcement. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, Norge Bank started uh, selling assets. I was like, oh, shit, that's it. Yeah. You know, there we go. And that was it, down the tree in. <laughs> yeah. That was but, my uh, trading career down yeah. the tree. But, I mean, one of the, um, you know, I think what a bit of homework that, you know, people, if they're, if they're going to take it serious, you know, I suggest do it. I'm going to drop it in the app anyway, so we'll be able to tell the difference between those who want to work for it and those who just want it handed to them. But one of the things to do is I would suggest go on to trading or where do you get it? Yahoo Finance, download maybe USD CAD data or USD Naki data, whatever it may be. And then also download the um, oil price data as well. So you can even download either WTI or Brent. Um, and what you can do is then run a correlation in Excel. So just use the equals core, fun- uh, core L function and that'll just correlate the, the data between it. And I mean, obviously the higher the correlation, the more likely they are correlated. And you probably are going to see a very strong correlation there. I would say you you'd probably see something between 50 and 60% correlation there. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%, Maybe even especially more. with USD 
Pad and uh, and Brent. That's that's one that I I really like looking at. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, I think it's well said. Well, you know, you kind of really need to understand those uh, yeah. underlying. And I mean, uh, it takes import export activities. It takes five minutes to go off and and do that analysis. Obviously, if you if you if you have a Bloomy in front of you, you can pull it up instantly. But you know, I'm sure 99 of the listeners here probably don't have one in front. But go on to no, Excel, cool. do the homework, find out what the correlation is. If the correlation's high, then say to yourself, well, you know, why don't you use this? You know, why don't yeah. why don't you start looking at this instead of start instead of trying to work out what USD is doing or what Canada is doing behind the scenes? Just look at oil, and you can, you can follow that as well. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Obviously, let's move down into the into the land of the Aussies. Look at Australia, uh, Aussie dollar. I mean, I always think it's one of the one of the most interesting pairs you can trade. I I love it, and I think it's a great place for any newbie trader to learn. Simply because there's a lot happening with that currency. I mean, obviously, Australia is one of the biggest metal exports in the world. You know, they export a lot of metals, a lot of coal, and things like that. And one of their main trading partners is, in fact, Japan and China. Yeah. So the, one of the things that affects, you know, the price of the Aussie dollar, first of all, is looking at copper prices, looking at steel prices, looking at coal prices, um, and then also looking as well as what uh, Japanese and Chinese trade data is like. If we, oh. um, a couple of weeks ago there, was it maybe maybe it was about a month ago there, I think, I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or was it a market update on the app, um, but we've seen Chinese export data was a lot lower than expected. Aussie dollar then fell. And a lot of people, yeah, a lot yeah. of people had no idea, you know, how on earth I was able to, to pull together um, Chinese trade data falling, Aussie dollar falling. People just couldn't see the correlation. I'm like, well, you have to look behind the scenes and say, think, well, you know, where does Australia ship everything to, or where is these Chinese imports coming from? You know, where, where are they where are they actually coming from? You know. Yeah, and it's just one of those where you know, if you are privileged enough to have a blooming in front of you, which I I suggest, well, I would guess most people don't. You know, there was a nice function on it. It was you just type in trade and hit enter a new blooming, and it would show you, uh, you know, where economies were basically importing and exporting to. And as you said, Rory, you know, China and Australia are basically in bed with one another. Yeah. I was looking at the two earlier in the year, and there was a lot of um talk about you know. Um, Chinese importing coal and other sort of natural resources from Australia to the point where it was propping up, you know, the strength in the Aussie dollar. And as he said, you know, I like looking at copper as the main sort of commodity when I'm analysing the Aussie dollar because copper generally tends to be a good sign of uh, macro health in terms of manufacturing and whatnot. So I quite like using that as my full my, my my go-to sort of commodity when I'm analysing it. But construction um, construction as well is one of the main things yeah. you know, for copper. Yeah. 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 And it's just, you know, if you understood just how heavily reliant Australia is on their big trading partners, China being the biggest, yeah. Well then, you know, when things look woeful in China, it's gonna have an impact on Australia. Yeah. You know, if things aren't looking good in terms of domestic consumption well that's going to impact the extent of import export activity between the two economies so no wonder if things are looking you know south in china well aussie dollar is going to suffer as a consequence of that yeah exactly i think i think it's just so important for people to understand this world trade understand exactly you know the the currency that they're actually trading I feel as if most retail traders actually don't really know what they're trading. You know, they can tell you a lot of things about the euro. They can tell you a lot of things about 
pound or Aussie dollar, but they can't actually tell you, you know, what percentage of trade export goes to China, what percentage um, goes to other countries. You know, I think is it is it 32% or something of exports from Australia go to China, you know, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. It is. That's the one, you know, you know it's practically it's, a third of everything they produce is being shipped out of China. Yeah. So if you think, you know, one third of people buying Aussie dollar is actually Chinese, you know, you you imagine that you know Aussie dollar volume fell by a third overnight. That's a huge number. You know, that, that would really affect it. And you can also look then. You know, this sort of thing that obviously we're talking about, Mike, can be introduced into all these other different markets. You know, you can look at um, South African rand, you, and you can see correlate that. Yeah, with, with South African rand and gold. And yeah, gold I, and I, diamond. I like the gold. Yeah, yeah diamond yeah. prices. You can look at Chilean peso as well, and look at lithium prices. You, you know, all these other different factors that are out there. And I think that's re- so many. That's what Forex trading really is. You know, that's yeah, that's the real nuts and bolts, the backbone of, of Forex trading. People think it's it's sitting on a yacht in Dubai or or an Instagram live trading away because some support and resistance line tells you to do so and that you've multiple golden crosses and RSIs, everything crossing over. But yeah, if only it was that easy, Rory. If if only it was that easy. And I mean, this is this is what real FX trading is. This is what you have to learn. This is what you have to know. I mean, we both sort of know, Mike. If you if you're at the investment banking level and you're looking to sell a product, and you know, you've got a trade idea for a long, let's just say it's Aussie dollar, um, long, you can't just go up and say to the client, "Well, yeah, you know, the RSI is looking great. The, the trend lines are all supporting." They, they, they'll they laugh you out of it. They'll laugh they, you out of it. You know, unless you have a it. macro picture yeah. that is both, you know. Your macro is based on many different things. Yeah. It's politics, strength of the economy, it's rates. It's all of these things combined into one. Yeah. So in terms of you know FX being the most accessible market out there and the biggest by daily volume, essentially it takes the most work because yeah. what ultimately impacts FX, as we talked about here, you know, it's quality prices have a big influence. So does rates, so does political tension. So going back to your point, if you went to someone in a big, in, you know, uh, institution and just said, oh, looking at my technicals, you know, unless you're a hot shot technical guy, you know, which is, you know, very far and few in between, you know, you will be laughed out if, you know, you haven't got solid macro, you know, sort of uh, a reasoning underpinning your idea. Yeah, so, you know, exactly. Yeah, so I'm in complete agreement with what you yeah. just said. The first 99% of what you say needs to be completely macro-driven. And then the last 1%, you'll be asked the question, well, where do we buy or where do we sell? And that's when the yeah. tech, that's when the technicals come in. You, know, you, can't, yeah. you can't create idea generation off technicals. It's all right for entries and exits. That's it. Yeah, I yeah, think that, that's completely it. Just one thing you know, to draw everybody's attention to, obviously, um, I haven't put it in the app yet, Mike, but we've got a huge um, FX macro-analysis tool that obviously um, I've sort of redesigned now over the last few weeks. It's going to be going into the app very soon, out to the premium guys, I believe. Um, we do need a few volunteers for it. So if anybody's about, wants to have a look at it, try it out, you can take it for free off me. It'll be a really good tool. So for example, it looks, it looks at all these different sort of looks at, you know, the commodity prices, looks at all the leading indicators, um, looks at even central bank balance sheets, debt to gdp ratios everything spits all the numbers in you put all the numbers in it spits a number out at the end and tells you basically how long or how short you should be on that currency so it's, um, if, if people don't bite your arm for that you know <laughs> what are they do I, I think that'll be the end of it 
<laughs> you know. Um, it's a great resource. Definitely. Um, anything else you want to cover there in terms of a correlation with FX purge? I, th- I think we co- we've done it quite well. I think. One no, thing I, I think you covered. Is... Yeah, you covered the main ones there. Um, you know, I think you touched on it. Uh, you know, earlier there, it's just it doesn't. It wouldn't be surprised most currencies have an underpinnings or commodity or commodity associated with them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when you are doing your technicals and you are doing your macros. It always helps when you have a nice correlation with, you know, whether it's sugar, oil, whether it's gold, yeah. you know, use these as affirmations to supplement, you know, your trading idea. And yeah. then, you know, again, it goes back to what we were saying, you know, when we say this all the time, put as many, you know, affirmations in your direction and it just makes your life that much easier. Exactly. Yep. Mick, I think that's that's everything. And um, what I'm going to do is for everybody, obviously, in the app, I'm going to, whenever the podcast is released, I'm going to actually drop in uh, an image or a PDF of all the different uh, commodities around the world, which are grouped. So it's going to be those that are pegged. So with, those are the ones you can't really trade. Looking at the floating um, currencies as well, then maybe looking at uh, non-commodity floating and then looking at commodity floating as well. And then that people will be able to gather a very good idea of, okay, well, these are the commodity floating ones. These are currencies that are obviously sort of pegged in inverted commas to different commodities. And then we can look at floating majors, which are like cable and euro. So I'm going to put that resource in. Everybody will be able to then have a good idea of, of where to start for that. Wicked resource. So, yeah. All right, mate. I think that's everything. Nice and Rory. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, mate. See you in the next Likewise. one. Likewise. All the best. All right.